Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. It's September 6th, 1916, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. So it was on this day that the first ever self-service supermarket opened its doors in Memphis, Tennessee. And this wasn't self-service like you're standing in, in the queue and you're annoyed because you can't scan the thing and the checkout machine keeps shouting at you. This was the first time ever that you, the customer, had been able to go in and pick the items you wanted off the shelves, an experience that we now obviously all take for granted. And you know, if you'd asked me what year the first self-service grocery store was, I would have personally guessed like probably just after the war. Seems about right. I know that the first self-service Tesco in Britain was 1946. I never would have guessed there's been one since 1916. It seems phenomenally early sighted. I mean, the, the amazing thing about the day itself was that the guy behind this new style of supermarket, Clarence Saunders, promised to hold, I mean, he did all sorts of promotional activities, but one of the things that he promised was a beauty contest that he advertised in local newspapers. And then at the door, he was uh, just handing out prizes to every single woman who walked through the door. Yeah, that's not how also- beauty contest works. No, exactly. There has to be some sort of judgment and then a winner. I mean, I'm right. not defending them. I'm just saying that's, you know, that's, <laughs> that's how the they tend to go. Yeah. yeah, that's the contest aspect. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, the, but there was also a brass band in the lobby and they were, there were flowers and balloons. And I sort of, I was trying to picture myself at this opening and thinking with so many other innovations going on, you'd wonder, well, is this the plan? Like, is it going to be a supermarket with like a brass band and a, <laughs> and a perpetual <laughs> beauty contest? Well, okay. it did have a shocking amount of innovations it's, you know these are all things that we just are so used to seeing everywhere but the piggly wiggly was the first time that you had shopping baskets you had price tags you had checkouts the aisle system the whole aisle system you know where are you going to put all of this stuff that previously it wouldn't matter because obviously worth saying if this is a subject that you haven't given much thought to previously the norm was to be waited on by a, a mm. shop assistant so you would go to the counter and ask what you wanted and they would get it for you that's why in old westerns you know they're always striding into the general store and they just start saying all the things that they want i love the idea that there's nothing in between those two models <laughs> a man with holsters walking into through a double gate howdy partner he also got rid of guns and showdowns nothing between that and the modern day supermarket to be there, there were franchise stores before this and there were big chain stores before this but what Clarence Sanders did with the Piggly Wiggly was manage to get the cost in exactly the right sweet spot so it was appealing to customers because of the size of the stores and the range of products on offer but he managed to get the price down to run it as an operator because you didn't have to employ so many clerks. And also pricing was really transparent you know up until the the sort of the advent of the Piggly Wiggly and its ilk you had to kind of just say here's the stuff I'd like and take the uh, shop assistant's word for granted that that was the amount that that 
quantity of stuff should come to. And, you know, instead you had prepackaged uh, portions and you could look at them all and see the price and go, yes, that's what I want and sort of do the mental arithmetic yourself before you were, you, you were handed your bill. And it really brought packaging to the fore for the first time. Obviously, there were ads for different products that you could see on the street before supermarkets. But when it came to the packaging, you wouldn't actually see it. Most stuff needed to be weighed and individually wrapped by the store assistant. Whereas obviously now you were walking around the shop and it was a case of what caught your eye. And what Clarence Saunders really realised was, you know, previously a lot of people had thought, well, this idea of the supermarket can't work because people would shoplift. And he realised that the money made by impulse purchases would vastly outweigh anything that would be lost through shoplifting. And obviously he was correct. It's interesting that you raise the shoplifting point because the way in which he combated the shoplifting issue was he put a turnstile at the front of the store. And if you look at the patents that he got granted as a result of creating this supermarket, because obviously a lot of it wasn't really patentable, you know, it was just some shelves with some stock on them. You can't really say that's your idea. But one of the patents that he did have approved included his design of having a turnstile at the front of the store. But I think... That is why he settled on the name Piggly Wiggly. So one of the first things that people ask about Piggly Wiggly is, why is it called Piggly Wiggly? And there are <laughs> apocryphal stories the length of my arm, shoulder and leg. <laughs> about like, oh, he was on a train once and he saw a pig or he particularly liked sweet and sour ribs or he wanted um, people to ask in the future, why did you call it that? Because that was intriguing branding. But it seems really obvious to me that he'd literally taken a turnstile that you'd have like in a farm and he thought the customers looked like pigs. And obviously he was savvy enough to know that you don't say that out loud. It was like a little joke to himself. But the turnstile was right there, right in the design, right from the beginning. That's obviously why it's called Piggly Wiggly. And he could never tell the American consumer that was the case. And although Saunders obviously has the credit of coming up with the concept of the supermarket, he had the advantage as well of being in the right place at the right time, because there had been attempts to start something a bit like a supermarket. There was one in Manhattan that opened in 1915 called the Astor Market, and it was founded by Vincent Astor, who was one of the the extremely wealthy Astor family. But it failed in two years. And that's probably because people didn't want to leave their own neighbourhoods to go to this one centralised place where they could buy all their food. And I think mm. that Memphis, Tennessee was like the perfect size where it was large enough that there were plenty of people around, but it wasn't so big that you'd be travelling, you know, for miles just to get to the supermarket. So he really succeeded at just finding the exact right moment for it to launch. Although he did this kind of was his big idea and then his <laughs> other ideas but i don't know what you guys think maybe they were too weird or maybe he was just really ahead of his time i mean ollie you were talking about the origins of the name piggly wiggly but it may just be that he was awful at picking names because his next big project was called the key doozle uh, <laughs> and it was an automated store which was basically a massive vending machine where the shopping would be delivered to you on a conveyor belt well, you say that was his next big project. Actually, there was an even bigger project in between that folded, unfortunately. He opened a store which was called Clarence Saunders, sole owner of my name. He did a kind of like artist formerly known as Prince vibe. Yeah. Where he basically kicked off because, I mean, it's quite sad, really. Piggly Wiggly was really successful. They had nine locations around Memphis by the end of their first year. By 1923, they were the third largest grocery business in the country. But then he lost control because um, he started issuing public stock in his company. You, you say lost control, but, I mean, he's the one issuing public stock. So he sold <laughs> control. Like, yeah, that's it. it, it I, I do get that he obviously had a kind of sour grapes later on 
oh man, my shop is hugely successful and I'm no longer involved in it. So I'm going to start up my own thing that's got my own name on it and everyone can suck it. <laughs> um, but, um, but, you know, he sold out. It, it, it was one of those classic sort of, you know, you start off a business, you get to a certain size, you imagine how successful it's going to be and you, you know, you, you cash out and make, and that's how much money you've got. He was a disruptive startup. He was a he? disruptive startup, exactly. And actually the idea of sole owners was that you'd open your own sole owner store in your name so Rebecca your store would be called Rebecca Messina sole owner of my name I mean it (laughs) sounds ridiculous but it was only because of the Great Depression that it failed they actually initially did better than Piggly Wiggly Uh, and Arian you were talking at the top about the different promotional schemes that Clarence Saunders used and for this one he founded his own pro football team called (laughs) the Clarence Saunders sole owner of my name stores Tigers (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the Piggly Wigglies would have been better, quite exactly, frankly. Exactly, <laughs> I thought that too. He, apparently it was simply known as the Tigers, which makes sense, but he disbanded it after two years because apparently he disliked travelling to away games. <laughs> and even though he ended up out of the big money, Saunders never gave up on trying to automate the shopping process way beyond what was capable at the time, really. At the time of his death, he was working on a new concept he called Food Electric, another another great catchy title. You're being snarky. I think Food Electric's all right. It's no better or worse than Safeway or Morrison's, is it? It's fine. I mean, I personally don't want a current running through my vegetables, but I don't think it would put me off going. <laughs> Although electric food does sound like something I really want to try now. <laughs> <laughs> the Daft Punk supermarket. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the concept was customers would walk around holding a device the size of a packet of cigarettes, scanning their own items. Sound familiar? Like, mm. literally 50 <laughs> years ahead of his time, wasn't he? Like, the technology obviously didn't exist to uh, meet the I mean, dream. He was so far ahead of his time, I don't know if we're even there yet, because I know that you've got Scan and Go in supermarkets now, but I have never once felt capable of mm. using it. <laughs> um, I looked back at the uh, some of the very early Piggly Wiggly adverts and what <laughs> captured my attention was the really American products that I was like, what the hell is that? Like cream of wheat for 28 cents from an ad in 1928. Do you know cream of wheat? Is that soup? That's a kind of breakfast porridge, apparently. Mm. Uh, what about this one? 29 cents for cottage butts. Cottage butts. <laughs> <laughs> Any guesses? I don't think I'm allowed to make the guesses I'm thinking. That, uh, that uh, is a cut of ham. And then uh, there was this uh, from 1935, Bologna Nuggets. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's bologna, <laughs> you know isn't it? They spell it, it like bologna, but it's yeah. bologna. So they're all basically pork offcuts, aren't they? Which is appropriate for the Piggly Wiggly, I suppose. It's all pig in this piggy yeah. shop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tomorrow. And the pig was just living its life quietly. It wasn't a dissident from anything. It wasn't a dissident pig. (laughs) Love the show? Support the show. Patreon.com slash Retrospectors. Part of the ACAST Creator Network. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.